Hello, and welcome to Fave 5 from Fans, the podcast where I, your humble host, Jamie Ray, invite a friend to make a top five list of their favorite things that we share a common interest in. Then we sit down and compare and contrast, dissect and disseminate our choices here for you, the listening audience, and let you decide who's right, who's wrong, and will we still be friends. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Fave 5 from Fans. Welcome to Top 5 Camp Horror Films. Today, um, I have my inaugural vest, <laughs> Gus, uh, Wilbur Augustus, longtime friend and fellow camp horror fan lover. Welcome, Gus. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I'm excited for you to be here. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, let's, a little bit about yourself, Gus. Um, tell me how we got to know each other. Oh, wow. We met through Tina. That's right. That's like right. way back in the day. Let's not go too far back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My wife, who at that point... Uh, Worked at Walden Books. Walden Books. She was, what, I think, what, the assistant manager? I don't think so. I know she worked receiving. Oh, okay. okay. That was more than 10 years ago, but less than 30. And we'll stick with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and over the years, we've, uh, we've chatted about a lot of things, including movies and... Uh, when I sat down to do this podcast, I said, you know, what is one of the favorite things that we share? And of course, it's our love of Angela. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Angela Baker. Miss Angela Baker. And so I said, what, what better topic for us to have than movies about horror films set at camp? You know, that fun-filled adventures on summer where you get those swim trunks and your bat merit badges and your sleeping bags and you go out onto the lake where it's supposed to be the best time of your childhood lives. Or don't forget the emerging love hookup. That's true. That's true. So many things can happen there. I think if you're ready, I'm ready to dive right into it. Okay. What I'd like to do is we're going to go in reverse order. Mm -hmm. And what I did is I asked Gus to sit down and make a list of every camp horror film he could think of. And then one by one, start killing them left and right <laughs> till he finally came down to a list of five. But before we go with your number five, I did offer you an honorable mention. Yes, you did. So was there a movie that, man, you really, really wanted to be on this list, but when it came down to crunch time, you couldn't put it on there? Yes. Well. Go, you go first. Tell me what that one was. Okay, that one for me was The Final Girls. The Final Girls filmed right yes. here in Louisiana. Yes. So, I wanted to love this movie. I mean, it was, it had an interesting plot. Mm -hmm. It was shot very well. The acting was solid. But it came across as too much Friday the 13th meets Terms of Endearment. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, uh, warning, Pod Universe, there will be spoilers. There are spoilers all over this. So if you've never seen a horror movie set at camp, stop this podcast right now and watch every single one of them. <laughs> um, basically, the protagonist, the female protagonist, uh, her mother dies a couple of years before the movie takes place. Max Carter, right. So on the anniversary of her death, they go see the last movie she was in. Well, I'm sorry. It wasn't the last movie. It was a movie. It was a horror movie. Camp Bloodbath. Yes. Yes. So they go, and somehow the theater catches on fire. Mm -hmm. There's a very Final Destination uh, setup mm -hmm. where the guy knocks over the bottle of yes. rum, and it rolls under. <laughs> and Oh, yeah, yeah. A very, very Final Destination. Yeah. So the exits are blocked. She, the protagonist. Max. Max gets the idea. Let's chop through the screen and go through the exit door behind it. Right, right, because that makes sense yeah. while the movie's playing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't think if I was in that same situation, I would have thought of that. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> but, you know, she takes a machete, she chops through the screen, they go through, and the next thing you know, they oh. are in the movie. What? So they're really re reliving the movie over and over right. till they decide to actually go with the events. Take parts of it. Okay, right, right. right. So, of course, her mother is in the movie. Mm -hmm. Now, her mother's been dead for uh, a 
couple of years by this time. Yeah, I believe it's the third anniversary, maybe, of her death. Right. So, you know, you can imagine the shock when, you know, as they're going down the highway. In the Volkswagen bus. Right. Her mother (laughs) just like, are we there yet? (laughs) And, you know, even that I did not have an issue with. Uh But it was just... When it comes to slasher fix, you know, I'm looking for the kill count. Ah, uh, okay, okay. In the final girls, there was just too much um, cinema- sentimentality. Uh-huh. And not that that's bad. Right. But at the same time, it's like, okay, who's going to get killed next? Mm, okay, <laughs> okay. I can go with in that. In a way, it's sort of tongue-in-cheek. Kind but, of purple rose, a Cairo type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I felt at the beginning it had kind of a... Um, Groundhog Day feel to it um, when they're sitting on the side of the road right. and the bus keeps coming by. Um, but you gotta admit, if that happened in real life, you'd be like, what's going on? Yeah. You know what? Let's just sit here for a while and maybe we'll wake up from this drug induced fate fever. Right. 92 <laughs> minutes later, at the end of the movie, here comes the bus again. But you know, that movie had an interesting premise. Mm-hmm. I did like that fact. Yes. Yeah. It was a little original. Right. And it had a fantastic filming location. Did you realize that it was filmed in Baton Rouge and in the areas around? I knew it was set in Louisiana, but I didn't know exactly where. Yeah, the opening scene uh, after the mom's death, mm-hmm. where the kids meet together, brother um, asks her to go to the Bloodbath Bloodbath 2 uh, premiere, which was at the Varsity, right there off of uh, LSU's campus. Okay. They're sitting eating at a Frosty Top, which I've eaten at several times before. <laughs> So I thought, wait, well, hey, that was that's pretty cool. But uh, so that one didn't make the cut for you, but oddly enough, it was my number five. Really? I only got the chance to see that movie within the last couple of days. Um, and uh, I just really enjoyed the way that they played with the stereotypical slasher films and how once they got into the movie, when, for example, the uh, Nancy character, the, the mom, um, starts telling the story of Billy, the killer, right. they start having the Scooby-Doo, <laughs> and it actually starts coming down from above. Like I said, it was, it was shot really well. Yes, yes. But the whole uh, child who lost her parent right. meeting up with her and not realizing until... I, I do see where that was a little little tugging on the heartstrings, and not the way that we would like our typical right. slasher movie to pull on the heartstrings that or movie, the heart jugular. That or, movie could have played <laughs> on Lifetime. Yes, yes, yeah. So it was it, very it did, good. It did have some good scenes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the dance scene. Oh, uh, yes. Well, which one, though? Because <laughs> Actually, both of them. I was going to say, I really enjoyed the one. Uh, that Tina did, where she had on the oven mitts, yes. and the, oh, that was really cool. You know, she uh, she drank a lot of energy drinks. Yeah, she did. Had had some Adderall pills. Yes, that yeah. scene yeah. with the fly. Uh huh. Uh huh. That was not scripted. Really? <laughs> no, she, she just went. She ad libbed that. Well, I you did know? not know that. Uh, yeah, you know that. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a, a great and a, a neat film. Um, it was filmed, like I said, in Baton Rouge and St. Francisville. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I think it had a budget of like four and a half million dollars, which when you sit and think about it, that's not a whole heck of a lot of money with all the special effects that they had in it. True. You know, I'll, the, I'll give it that. They didn't have a lot of um, practical effects mm-hmm. because he really didn't get to kill that many people in the movie. But and you knew they were going to die anyway. You knew anyway, right, right. And I did like the way that the movie ends. <laughs> I thought that was a very cool use of the characters who had died throughout the original. Right. Again, people, this podcast is littered with spoilers, so don't blame us. But yeah, yeah, so number Gus's uh, first honorable mention and my number five, Final Girls. All right, so I'm going to bump it back to you again. Let's hear what your number four would be. My number five. You're, I'm sorry, you're right. Your number five. My number five was Stage Fright, the 2014 version. Oh. Glee meets the killers. <laughs> now, you know, I can't believe this major <laughs> list. <laughs> you know, I can't either. Uh, really? Really? No, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, you know, I read the synopsis of it. I'm like, a musical? Right. A musical and a slasher pick. Hmm. That cannot end well, but I'm like, you know, I'll at least look at the first 15, 30 minutes of it just to see. And uh-huh. I'll be honest, I was hooked from the get go. Really? Yes. Wow. You know, 
First of all, I was surprised that Minnie Driver was in it. Mm-hmm. That right. does not seem like her genre of movie. No, no. She took a chance there. She did. I mean, she wasn't in it for long, but no. still, it's like, wow, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Meatloaf. Uh, see, you've probably watched a lot longer than I did because I <laughs> No, Meatloaf was the, her manager boyfriend. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't realize that was him. Wow. Now, granted, it's been a long time since I've seen anything that he's been in or seen yeah. a picture of him, but I was like, it wasn't until like after the credits were rolling, mm-hmm. I'm like, that was Meatloaf. Wow, well, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like I said, despite the musical, well, no. The music actually helped the movie. Really? I think so, because it conveyed what they were feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the killers, you know, his rock songs yeah. really added to it. Wow. Now, of course, part for me, part of a, a slasher film is who is the killer? Mm-hmm. What is the killer's deal? Right. What motivates him? What drives exactly. him? Exactly. Okay. Now, spoiler alert, it was actually her brother, Buddy. Oh. I guess I should back up. There are two kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Minnie Driver's character, Kylie Swanson's, she has two children. Okay. She is killed on the opening night of her musical okay. that she's doing in real life. Uh, she dies at the hands of the killer, evidently. And for 10 years, the, uh, the boyfriend slash manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Meatloaf. Right. Roger okay. McCall. He opens a summer musical camp. Okay. And he takes the kids with them because I guess, you know, he, he, well, I guess he was the only one left. Yeah. So basically, they're hired hands <laughs> doing the cooking, the cleaning, whatnot, while these elitist kids come and, you know, see, practice their craft and whatnot. Right. But uh, to make a long story short, turns out the killer was Buddy. Okay. Because he did not want this, he didn't want them to do the musical again. Oh, okay. Preserve it, the memory of his mom. Right, but right. it turns out that the original killer of his mother was actually boyfriend slash manager. Really? Yes. So there's two killers in the film. Yes, there is. Okay. It turns out he was just too scared to say anything. Uh huh. Which uh-huh. I'm like, okay, suspension of belief, but I'll go with that. Right. Uh, right. But uh, with, with them doing the musical again, he was like, just lost it. Yeah. So he yeah. started killing all the kids. And I do I did like the fight between um, his character and Meatloaf. Oh, okay. okay. You know, it was, it was pretty good. Good. But <laughs> it was so funny because they actually do the play. Okay, anyway. Right. While, you know, all this killing is going on, oh. she has mascara running all down her face. Uh-huh, She's like, uh-huh. you know, but everybody else was just going with it. Yeah, they don't realize it's going on? Right. Oh, I see. And at I the see. end, the reporter or the reviewer of the um, musical, uh-huh. he actually came. He loved it. Oh, wow. But we can't make that happen again every night. Right. <laughs> and in a disturbing scene, he actually hooked up with the daughter. Okay. Now, the reason I mention that is because he was there for the original. Right, 14 years before. Right. And it was just like... That's, That's kinda, a little creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't know where they were going with that. Ah. But as with all slash effects at the end, there had to be one last fright. Right. So, you know, she's looking in the mirror. And, you know, the light goes out like it did with her mother. Uh-huh. And she messes with it. You know, I'm like, okay, nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden, the killer, who was her brother. Right. But in his mask. Leaps through the glass to oh, the mirror. No. Oh, and the movie ends. Okay, so you don't know what's going to happen. No, but it could have just been a figment of her imagination. Oh, okay, all right. But yes, I did like it. Okay, good, good. Well, like I said, number five for me already was the final girls. Yes. And uh, so we're going to skip that one. Um, I will say that uh, I really enjoyed Final Girls. I'll just <laughs> just say that I thought it was an original take of. Having the new stuff, having the old stuff, like from the 80s, or I guess this was more of a 90s. I don't know. And you know, I wanted to love it, but uh, I, I just, could see why you didn't. I just didn't. Yeah, I could see why you didn't. Well, great. Well, let's uh, let's jump to number four. Number four. What's your number four, Gus? Madman. Madman. <laughs> Madman. And you know, I enjoyed this movie. Uh-huh. Now, granted, granted. 
<laughs> it was kind of cheesy. Kind of cheesy. Basically, you know, it was a rush to get another Jason of Friday the 13th movie out there. 1981. Yes. You know, Got to get it out there. <laughs> but uh, I would like you to, to, before you go into your mm-hmm. exposition about how great you love this movie. So for my notes, Madman, 1981, it's scratched out with the word horrible written next to it. <laughs> Horrible, but I'm going to sit here and listen to <laughs> why it made your number four list. Please. Okay. <laughs> Let me begin with this. There, there was something about 1980s cinematography. I, I'll, I'll give you that. I, it had a very starting out, and God, please don't ever let this get back to him. It had a very John Carpenter the Fog feel to yes. it. Okay? Yes. Sadly, that only lasted for about four <laughs> minutes. Until he starts singing the song. <laughs> oh my God, the songs in that movie, Gus, were so bad. It added to the appeal. Oh, no, it didn't. I wanted they to were, appeal my ears off my face. They were at camp. It was a camp song. <laughs> These, there was nobody in that cast that was under 32 years old. <laughs> yes, there was. There were little kids. Oh, barely. I think they were brought in, you know. Okay, maybe. What were there, like seven counselors to five kids or something? I'm thinking that that was the end of the camp. It was. He says that it was. it's the end at one and point. And they were, they were the ones that were left. Yes, yes. But Oh, my God. I cannot believe Madman made it. <laughs> oh. oh, come on, Jamie. I mean. Hey, it's your it's your list. Okay. It's your list. And I think we'll. we'll uh, so, so go ahead. So tell the story. Okay. Tell the story. So the kids and their camp counselors are around a, around the campfire. It's the end of camp. And TP is relating the tale of Mad Max. Madman Max, I'm sorry. And, and you can tell, I'm sorry, that his name is TP because it's on his belt buckle for the entire <laughs> movie. But anyway, please, no, go ahead. Go ahead. So he tells the tale of how, how he killed his family, how he was crazy, blah, 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 blah. And that if you say his name three times, he'll appear. So, of course, one of the campers, Richie, Richie, gets up. A little jerk. And shouts his name three times. I'm like, okay, you're just asking for trouble. And he okay, he so, asks for it, but Richie doesn't get trouble. <laughs> That's the part about Richie that really peeved me off. He picks up a rock and throws it through Madman's window. But yet, spoiler, he's still alive at the end of the movie. Well, so, of course... You know, the madman appears, and he's, he says soft to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the reasons why this, is, this movie is on my list is because back then, that's all you needed, right. plot-wise. Right, exactly. That's all you needed. Mm-hmm. Every killing after that was just counting towards the uh, kill count. Right, right. So that is one of the reasons why I love this movie. Okay, and it does have a good kill count, I will say. Madman is is interesting in some of his kills. That's the only nice thing I'll say about the film. <laughs> well, of course, he's picking off the counselors one by one mm-hmm. till the only one that's left is Betsy. Right. Now, I'll ask you this, Jamie. Do you know who she is? I do not remember who Betsy is. Galen Roth. Really? Yes. I did not know that from Dawn of the Dead. Yes. My Galen favorite Ross. George Romero movie. Yes, it is. It's a very good one. I did now, not realize that was her. No, th- I didn't either. Of course, she had a dad die job. Bad, bad, bad. At first, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what was going on with her hair mm-hmm. because it looked like they skipped a spot on her eyebrow. I noticed that. I couldn't figure out why it was. It, it had this weird look to it. Because Mad Man, the Madman came out after Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. But she looks younger in this movie. Oh. And now I'm thinking maybe that's why they did it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm also thinking they messed something up. They messed something up. <laughs> right. So that's another reason why I like uh-huh. this movie, because okay. she was in it. Yes, Because I true. loved her in Dawn of the Dead. Uh-huh. So anyway, she's the only one left. I just think TP's uh, belt buckle kept distracting her from seeing <laughs> who she really was. So she's the only one left, and... Even though she has the kids on the bus, the bus is running. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. Let's Ready get out of go. here. Ready to go. Oh. She has to go see if any of the others are left. Yeah. yeah. Now, I would like to think that, you know, as a good person, I would want to probably go and check and see if anybody else is alive. Sure. But, but. in reality, 
I'm like, all right, let's get out of here. Get the hell out of here and let the cops do the job. <laughs> Thank you. I'm with you, brother. So she actually goes to the madman's house. Of course, she has a rifle. Somehow she still managed to miss. Mm-hmm. He gets her. You know, he overpowers her. He actually impales her on a hook on the wall. Right. Which but, almost looks right through her, her lung. Right. But, but she's still able to tis, fight on. Mm-hmm. She pulls out her knife and she stabs him in the back. That's right. So in his pain, he knocks over the lantern uh-huh. and the house catches on fire. Right. Right. Now. And quite swiftly, too. Yes. Now, there's two thoughts about what happens next. Some people think that he actually died with them. They all died together. Right. While the other half think that he escaped. Okay. Now, I'm going to go off the second opinion uh-huh. because there was actually supposed to be a sequel. Oh, really? Thank God they didn't do that. Centered around Richie, who survives. That jerk. The one who started all of this. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was... Um, the sequel was supposed to be about him, everyone believing he's the one who committed the murders. Oh, okay. That's a neat premise. It's been done to death, but... Now, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's how, how that was supposed to go. Ah. But All right, well... Fortunately, I, I, I agree with you. It's probably a good thing that a sequel did not get made. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I'd love to get a handle on that soundtrack for that movie. <laughs> Oh, Lord. I tell you, the, the, the oddest thing was that they would break out into this 10 to 15 snippet of, uh, of 70s, 80s pop disco thing. And then it would just stop. And I'm like, okay, where's the rest of the song? You know, what's going on with it? Well, you know, the actor who played T.P. was actually a singer. Also. Oh, he was. Singer, okay. musician. All right. Okay. Um, something else I noticed about 80s movies. Uh, movies. The gratuitous sex scene. Which, in this film, I know where you, I think I know where you're going with this one. The pool. The pool. Come the spa. on. Wait, the, yeah, it's, it's a hot tub. Yeah, hot tub. You know, you finally get, okay, they're getting naked. All right, we're going to see. And what do you get to see? <laughs> TP's naked booty. Come on, people. Well, just, you know, I'm not a prude, but. To me, it's like, was that really necessary? It, did, it was so weird. The only thing you get to see is TP's naked butt. <laughs> really, you could have skipped that. You know, I've gone for another 15 seconds of one of those songs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, back then it was the 80s. They did That's things right. differently. They did different. And that movie was definitely. Yes. Wow, I'm, I'm I'm surprised that you're number four. Yes, but but they, <laughs> you know, that's what this is about: surprising each other. <sighs> My number four is a much more recent film. It's 19, It's 2018's You Might Be the Killer. Wow. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that one. Well, you should be. And I want you to go download the Sci-Fi app for free. Uh-huh. And you can watch this film. It's a um, what they're called a meta supernatural slasher film. And once again, filmed right here in Lafayette. I cannot believe I've never heard of this movie. I know. I just heard of it um, right before Halloween, as a matter of fact. Um, it stars uh, Fran Kranz from Cabin in the Woods, the stoner, okay. and Allison Hannigan as oh. Chuck. And Chuck works at uh, a comic book store called The Rings of Saturn. Okay. Which was actually our own and comics too, or and books too. Oh, and books too. Where they went in and redid the store. And as part of the the cameos in the store, the co-writer and producer, Thomas Vitale, appears as one of the Saturn customers walking around. And if you look, one of our own local artists, Cody Chamberlain, and his son, Lucas, are also in the store. And oddly (laughs) enough... Every time they're looking at Chuck, Cody and Lucas happen to be standing in line. And I asked Cody about this, and he said, yeah, I might have been watching where they were shooting the camera. <laughs> and so I, I, they showed it to us at a party, and little Lucas was so excited. Look, there we are. There we are. <laughs> but uh, it's a great, later on in the movie, Chuck stays on the phone with the, the killer, Sam. Uh-huh. Oops, spoiler alert. Um, and at one point she's walking, I believe, the trash out. And as she walks out, it's, it's night. 
uh, there's the Piccadilly sign straight across Johnson Street. <laughs> it's right there. It's so cool to see. So, again, if you don't live in Lafayette, it's probably not that big of a deal to you. But this but, is a great little film. Um, it, it takes place during the summer camp where Chuck is going to be, I'm sorry, where, where Sam is the lead counselor at a, a, at a camp, Camp Vista. And he ends up on the phone call with Chuck while he's covered in blood trying to tell her how he's running away from a killer who has killed all the counselors, or almost all the counselors. And he's having gaps in his memory. Well, Chuck, the Allison Hannigan character, um, is in on on all about the, the horror movies and about mm-hmm. superstitions and sorcery and stuff. And as she's talking him backwards through it, they start to realize that maybe things aren't exactly as they think they are. From the beginning, there's nine counselors dead. Mm-hmm. It jumps back to zero counselors dead and the beginning of the camp section. All the counselors are meeting for a couple of days of getting ready before the kids show up. Then they go and have the uh, campfire telling of the stories. Right. Kubrick is it? Right. Sam explains that this camp was part of his family's land and that there had been a killer who had killed a whole bunch of people. He was had been had made a mask. Okay. Uh-huh. And after he was uh, he was killed, they buried the mask in a grave. Okay. And that supposedly that's what be, you should bury that's what it. You at. Do, right. And so he sends everybody else to go look for it, but he actually knows where it is. And one of the girl counselors figures out, hey, I'm going to follow him because I know. Well, he doesn't, he finds the mask, but doesn't want to put it on. And when she comes up to him and is real playful, she ends up grabbing it from him and putting it on. And so the spirit of this killer takes him over. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I know, I know. So then he kills his first victim, Mm -hmm. and it gives you this really cool little... Um, kill screen up top and it says dead counselors <laughs> number one you know it's got this very grindhouse feel to it and so then you go back and forth to the phone call and, and, and to the events as they start to unfold at that point um, and it's very interesting that you now know that he's the killer but as you watch the events ro- roll out he doesn't realize it yet and so there's this whole back and forth thing, and there's uh, some really neat little traps and kills that you would like. Mm-hmm. They uh, set up some some pitfalls for who they think is the killer, not knowing that he's right. the killer. Uh, and then it comes down to um, a fight for the for who the final girl is. <laughs> and there's two uh, young women. One is his uh, ex girlfriend Imani who is the badass girl um, who broke his heart last summer, and Jamie, who's the sweet little innocent girl. And it it literally comes to a fight between the two of them to who's going to kill the killer. (laughs) And uh, it's a really neat little movie, and um, I enjoyed the way that it played out. So you haven't seen it, so I want you to see it, so I'm not going to tell you how it ends. Okay. But it has a very cool ending to it, and then you have to stay to the very end because it has an even has a cool little twist ending. Okay. It. So that's uh, you might be the killer from 2018. Find it on <laughs> Sci-Fi. All right. I, I still can't believe I've never heard of it. Yeah, no, I know. Especially since it's filmed here. Yeah, it's filmed right here, right there. You should see they 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 even have the Silver Surfer that they have from right. the, the Fantastic Four movie that's in the store. It's still there, <laughs> and they've got these neat little rings of Saturn. They look like. Uh, I don't know, there may be a high school art project right. sign, but it, it's got this cute little thing to it. So, And a lot of Cody and Rob Guillory's art for uh, and books for Chew and Cody's series Sweets are all mm-hmm. prominently displayed in the background. Right. So it's a real nice shout-out for all the local Louisiana huh. artists here. So, so anyway, so check that one out. So, All right, so <laughs> number three on Gus's list. The burning. The burning. Ding, 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 ding. We have a match. Starring a young Jason Alexander. And? Holly Hunter. And? Lou David. And? Who? Fisher Stevens as Woodstock from My Science Project. And Johnny Five is Alive. Yes, yes. He's uh, he's Woodstock. Well, I know the character, Uh but I... 
I don't recognize the actor. Yeah, so you remember um, Johnny Five? Johnny Five. Yeah, from the eighties movies where him and Steve Gutenberg, where they have the robot that gets struck by lightning oh, and yes, he becomes yes, short yes. circuit. Right. Yeah. Well, he played the uh, scientist that created Johnny Five. Never saw it. Oh well, there you go. There you go. That's why. But yeah, there were, I kept going. Man, that's hey, man, that's whoa, that's the, so very. Very good. So please go ahead and tell us about the 1981 American slasher film directed by Tony Malum. The Burning. The Burning. Where to start? <laughs> uh, well, of course. Well, who, let, let's, let's start by who conceived the story. Conceived it? Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yes. Dun, dun, yes. dun. Actually, him, his brother, and even his mother was in on that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This was from what I understood about reading on it. It was one of the um, the Ber- movies that really helped him right. solidify the Weinstein Company. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I believe they were trying to cash in on Friday the Thirteenth. That, also, that's what I remember as well. It amazes me how many of these movies <laughs> happened because of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the burning. What I like most about this movie is the awkward teen years. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> who was it? At- Alfred, Eddie? Uh, Alfred, right, Alfred. right about, uh, Brian Baker. Right, he was Backer. at that, that age where, you know, the hormones are flowing, he's confused, blah, 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 blah. And it just, it says something to me. Right, You right. know, that those characters are just, you know, I'm going through this awkward phase. Of course, he took it to an extreme, but. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so I really liked, you know, so we, we talked a little bit about the plot of the movie first. Right. Okay, so it's, um. It takes place at, at Camp Blackfoot, right. an awesome name for it, where um, Cropsey, which was based off of the, the, the legend from the New York area, right. he's like the groundskeeper. Right. Supposedly, he's um, huge, really drunk, mean. really right. mean. And so a group of the kids are going to get together and scare him. You know, the way normal kids scare people, <laughs> by putting a worm-ridden oh. skull with... Uh, candles in the eye sockets yeah. to wake him up from his drunken stupor. You know, that's the first place I go to. Oh, that's the first place I go to. I'm just wondering, where do these kids get this skull? Because it was, there was no yeah. TGNY open that late at night, you know? Uh, and of course, Cropsey ends up freaking out, knocking the skull over onto himself. And right. because he's soaked in uh, all the alcohol, it, it mm. instantly catches him on fire. Right. And as he's running out, the kid's don't know what to do. And, exactly. You know, he's burning and he ends up running. Wait, that's the burning. <laughs> and um, so he doesn't die though. No. Cropsey ends up no. staying in the hospital for five long years. Yes. Recuperating. Recuperating. All of that hate just seething within him. Yeah, with all those failed skin grafts and everything. So he's finally let go with the sage advice worry about what those kids did to you it's don't don't you know don't loiter on that it's okay no right, it's not doctor. so what does Cropsey do to show the world that he's rehabilitated go straight back to the camp no he kills a hooker first oh, yes <laughs> nothing says i've got my act together better oh. and then he heads straight back to the camp right and it's been five years so of course right. there's a whole new group of campers there yes ready to be picked off. Of course. And we think Cropsey's going to get his first victim right off from the girl chasing the softball. Yes. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed the way that, that you got Cropsey's point of view while he was looking at people. It wasn't just a normal, you kind of got this little fractured edge butterfly thing mm-hmm. on it. So he misses out on her. Mm-hmm. No, thank God she found that ball. What? No kidding. <laughs> Glad it wasn't a skull. I uh, know. But then you think Woodstock's going to get it. Mm-hmm. When he's going back for his vitamin E. <laughs> but that was a fake out. Right, right. Because Todd, mm-hmm. he comes like, what are you doing here? Let's get back. Let's go eat. Yeah. So and, then, and then Michelle, you know, she's always, right. why aren't you tougher on these kids? And Todd's all like, well, I, <laughs> I was there. I, I know what they were like at that age. And I'm just trying to help them. Right. So then there is the rafting trip. Down to de- down Devil's Creek. <laughs> hmm. So, of course, you know, I, it couldn't be me. 
because as you know, I can't swim. Ah, it's okay. So I, I would not have gotten in anybody's canoe. <laughs> Talked about, you. let's go down the river. Let's go down the river and spend <laughs> the night. Yeah. So they do that. And of course, well, I can't say anything because at that point, they don't know that they're in danger. No, not yet. But no. So but you quickly, don't. we start to learn as uh, uh, Karen, she gets her right in the throat. Oh, oh that was a good one. Man, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, we totally skipped over um, Todd and Glazer are always after that little kid, Alfred, right. who is, you know, needs to be taken. I mean, he's kind of a perv. He gets caught busted watching a girl in the shower and True. he was, oh, oh, I was, I was just going <laughs> to scare her. You know, no, no, dude, you're a perv. Uh, but once again, Glazer and his girlfriend, mm-hmm. or wannabe girlfriend, Sally, yep. Sally, just out in the woods. Making love. <laughs> it doesn't quite last as long as Sally had it hoped it would. Yeah. Uh... I mean, talk about, you know, salt in the wound. What? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's okay, baby. Don't worry about it. Uh... <laughs> but, you know, to his, to, you know, give him a little praise there, he was like, hey, why don't I go back and I'll get us some camp uh, supplies and some, some logs and start us a nice fire. Yeah. You know? Mm. Not a good idea. Exactly. Here comes Cropsy with his shears. <laughs> and boy, did she get it. Oh, did she? Oh. And then he then he gives it straight to Glazer when he comes back so soft and sweet. Baby, Sally, <laughs> wake up, Sally. How did they get that huge guy into the same sleeping bag with her so that he could jump out and kill her? I'll never know. Yeah. I'll never know. Suspension of belief. That's it. That's it. So, you know, as he starts to kill everybody and things, mm-hmm. you know, are getting down. And so you've got Todd and um, and Alfred are, are basically the two guys left. And, right. And, the, and, and Alfred is being hunted by Cropsy. And they end up in that, that mine shaft area, which was a weird place. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't quite understand how they ended up there. I didn't either, especially by camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So... And then you start to realize Todd is one of the kids from yes. earlier in the yes. movie. And I just didn't get me. Even though he'd laid that whole breadcrumbs about, I know what it was like to be a kid of that age, and I've done stupid things. And he, he told Michelle a couple of this. Right. Did not hit me until they played that whole scene again. Uh, it didn't with me either. I mean, I was like, holy cropsy, that's what it is. Why would you go back? I don't know. Not five years later, but he sure does. But you know what my favorite scene in that movie is? What's that? When the group containing Woodstock mm-hmm. go tr- makes they make create a raft, right, a, right, a makeshift raft, and they're going back, and they come across one of the canoes. Yeah. So <laughs> they go up to the canoe because that's the smart thing to do. Exactly. And then Crofty just like leaps out with his shears. Yes, and and. <laughs> One of the pictures that you see online, if you look it up, is Woodstock with his hand out. <laughs> yes, it's cut down. The yes, <laughs> like he cuts his fingers but off. But if you look at it, even with his fingers cut off, his fingers look the same length. <laughs> and I'm like, couldn't you have like rolled those two fingers back and you know give us a little suspension of disbelief? But it's it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's it. It is a great, lots of little splashes of bright red yes. caro syrup blood. Yes. yes. And I'm sorry, but all the kids just wait on the raft for their turn to be killed. I, know. I was like, leap like, into the water. I don't, I don't care. Save you yourself. Can't swim, you know, I'm gonna jump around and flounder for a little exactly. while. Exactly. You know, it, it took him time to like get out of his canoe. Right. To get right. into the he the raft. Get one or two of them. My butt's in exactly. the water, buddy. You know, every, uh, every man for himself. That's right, Bye. Hunter. I love you, baby, but I am out. <laughs> but you, you know who did the special effects for the film? I do. A very young Tom Savini. Yes. Yeah, I was very impressed with uh, with his work there. And you know, that's not the only movie he's done, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. That's right. That's right. But you know, they uh, they said in an interview with Savini that he said that the cast was literally forming a line. Queuing up to find out how they're going to die in the movie. And uh, he said he was very hands-on with the production. He didn't uh, have much time to put together the effects of the movie, which I have to say, yes, I could kind of see that. But at the same time, he did a great job with he what did. he had available to him. You know, 
he only had like three or four days to make the uh, the cropsy, the makeup right. and stuff. And which um, I think is one of the reasons why you, you don't see a lot of it. No, no, I, I do. I think, and it's a good use of the character. Though. Right. I mean, you always see that dark shadow with yes. the, the light source behind it and stuff. But you know, going back to Jason Alexander. Mm-hmm. Now, I did not see this movie when it first came out. I saw it maybe a couple of years ago. Right. And like I said, when I noticed that Jason Alexander was in it. I, I, at some point, I expected him to go, you know, there's a killer after us, and, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada. <laughs> I was very impressed mm. with his head of hair in that film. So was I. As someone who lost their hair early on, I was, <laughs> I was right there with you, Jason. Right there with you. But, no, it's a good movie. Once again, you know, they set it up, and then as far as plots go, that was it. You know, after that, it's just uh, a kill count. Mm-hmm. And it was a good kill count too. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, just one thing about these movies is that I enjoy the imaginative ways that they kill people with. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, great. So let's get down to number two. Okay. I'm about to give you this title, uh-huh. and I know most of the your listeners are going to be like, "You've got to be kidding." Both of my listeners, anyway. <laughs> Mom, he means you. <laughs> My number two is Friday the 13th. Not familiar with that film. Oh, the granddaddy of all summer camp slasher films. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, now this, I did not see first run. I did mm-hmm. not, but I did see it relatively at a, young, at a relative young age. Right. Um, Came out in 1980. Yes. I just, in, in retrospect, I compare it to a Alfred Hitchcock movie. Okay, okay. Just the tone, the cinematography, just the, that's what I'm looking for, the, the suspense of it. Right, right. Because I mean, who is the killer? Right. You know, who is this Jason guy going yes. around killing everybody in this movie? Um, and it's, it was just, to this day, it's, it's a classic. It is. It is, a, it is a classic that spawned, I think, a, about... 10 other films. You know they were going for 13. Yeah, I do know. And they may still do it because I actually just watched the Friday the 13th, The Killer Cut um, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, while it was a different you know, direction for the film to take, right. um, I did enjoy it. Uh, I thought it was a, it, it was a, a fun film, but you can't right. really compare it because first of all, it's not even at the camp. It's just on a basically... You know the camp's gone and they're on that lake, but you know that's <laughs> but but let's talk about Friday the Thirteenth because uh-huh. I have to agree with you. That's actually my number one pick. Okay. I, I do think it was the progenitor of all of the camp yes. films. Yeah. Uh, if it had not been for Friday the Thirteenth, if not been for Sean S. Cunningham <laughs> taking Victor Miller's story about this small group of teenager counselors who who. I've gone back to Camp Crystal Lake. That I, I think we would have a whole different landscape of films now. Yes. So I do have to give it all props, especially the fact that it was filmed on a budget of around five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's incredible to think what they did with that movie. Yes. I heard that it it supposedly almost grossed sixty million dollars. Yeah. In the U.S. Yes. You know. I mean, it was released released in May of 1980. Perfect time for it to come out during the summer. Kids mm-hmm. could all go watch it. You know, of course, critical you know people, the critics didn't. You know, it was divided, as most horror movies would be. Just like you said, the performances that those actors put out, especially that little guy Jack Burrell, the one who gets it through the neck. I'm trying uh, to remember, I've seen that guy in another movie before. Yes, I think I know who you're talking about. Maybe there about. were um, six degrees of his movies that yes, I've seen. Kevin yes, Bacon, yes, that's right. Yes, Kevin Bacon. Young Kevin Bacon gets it through the neck. Oh, that was, when Woo. I first saw that, I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. But uh, good, good, but you good realize, acting through it. I think that's the, his fifth character that was named Jack. No, I didn't realize that. Yeah, in most of his movies, his, his name is not all of them because yeah. he's in so many, but at least, I want to say five or six movies. Wow, I did not realize name that. When well, you do enough movies like he's done, you're going to get the name over and over again. But we've, we've got to talk about Betsy Palmer as Pamela Voorhees. Oh, my God. You know, coming from her background, um, you know, she was always played these sweet characters and stuff. <laughs> and she plays the sweet mom all the way 
yes, up does. until the end, you know. And then when she snaps and Jason starts talking through her, <laughs> I was the first time I remember seeing that. I was like, "Holy crap, what's going on?" You know. And kill of course, her, kill her, mommy, kill her, kill her. Kill her. don't let her get away, mommy. <laughs> and I love the fact that you go through this entire movie with this ten-plus franchise built now, mm-hmm. and. Jason's not even the killer of the first exactly. movie. He he unless unless you look at the flashbacks and the you know the 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 very end where you have she has the uh, hallucination while she's in the canoe. Right. Jason's not even really in the movie. No. You know. This was all about um, it was all know, about mommy, a, a grieving mother's psychosis. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I really really liked it, and I followed this movie uh, as my number one. I do pair it with part two because I feel that you really should watch both of those movies back to back Mm -hmm. because they do, it wraps up the story of one for the surviving character, Alice, and then it brings into it the second group of people to follow up on the effects of what the first set of murders did. Right. You know, and of course, you know, you've got... uh, Walt, uh, Walt Gorney in there as Crazy Ralph, you know, who's telling everybody, don't go up there, you're going to die. But nobody listens to Crazy Ralph. I mean, he goes through all the trouble of hiding in the cupboard and driving his bike out there, and, you know, pedaling, but nobody listens. And, you know, poor Ralph gets it in part two, but uh, right. his kids just listen to him, you know? Um, well, the whole scene with the snake. Yes. On the floor. Yes. And that was a real snake, too. I know. You could tell that was before Peter. Yes, it was. (laughs) They actually killed that snake. Did they? Yes. I didn't know that. Wow. They actually killed it. And I'm like, evidently, um, the director had a similar experience when he was at camp. Oh, that would make sense. And he said he wanted to to be in the scene, in the movie, to build up suspense. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. But I was like, first of all, yeah, I I would never be friends with any snake. Never. So it was like, ooh. Friends of... Yellow on black, friend of Jack, I don't care. Oh, You're not my friend. No. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, it's a great film. Uh, it it's is. a great pair of films, uh, I actually feel. But you know, the killing part about this uh-huh. is that they did not think it was going to do well. Yeah, I know. They they were just looking, you know, for a little Money bit grab. of extra credit, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. cash. Even Bessie Palmer, when, she, when they first pitched it to her, when they gave her the script, she basically threw it across the room and said, this is a piece of sh-, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it actually got back to him. Wow. <laughs> and he was dejected. Yeah. But, <laughs> but she did funny it. story, uh-huh. she needed a new car. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Jason paid for her new car. Yes. So she went ahead and she did the movie. That is awesome. And from what I um, understand, she thought, well, nobody will ever see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. It'll it'll die down and everybody will forget. Mm -hmm. And of course, we know how that went. Yeah. And now, 38, 39 (laughs) years later, we're still talking about it. Well, good. Well, so this takes us to your number one, Gus. And I'm I'm trying to think, what film would Gus have chosen? And Gus, (laughs) go ahead. Number one. My number one summer camp slasher film is... Sleepaway Camp. No way! I cannot believe that. Now, Sleepaway this, Camp. Well, what's the name of the girl in that movie? Angela Baker. Angela Baker. You know, I hear you have a pretty much a weekly date with Angela. Yes, don't I do. You? What's that about? Every week, in fact, every Friday, I will just put it on and look at it. Just watch it. <laughs> yes. Now. Let's go back and, you know, I'll talk about my obsession with this movie. All right. I was in college when I first saw this movie. Um, so it had to have been, I'm not going to say exactly when because I don't want to date myself, but let's just say in the 90s. <laughs> you know, I would just go to the uh, Blockbuster because they were still around mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, find some movies to rent. And I just saw it out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, this sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll get it. Yeah. So, of course, I'll be honest, it <laughs> it, it comes across as a afternoon, <laughs> an ABC afternoon special. For most of the film, I agree with you. <laughs> but at the end, and I'll the talk about end. this later, later mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. 
This was the original crying game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, did I just see what I wait, wait. what I think I saw? Thank God there's a rewind on VHS tapes. Yes. Yeah. But let's back up. Because <laughs> I have to talk in depth about this film because it is one of my favorite films. Yes, yes. So, I have to say, I saw it in college, and I kind of put it away. Uh-huh. You know, it was, uh-huh. it was an all right movie. It's kind of weird. Years later, I saw, I was in Best Buy, maybe, looking through videos, and I saw Teenage Wasteland. Right. The third of the Sleep Great Camp movies. I didn't even realize that there had been a second. So I bought it, loved it. So then I had to find the second one. <laughs> <laughs> found it, bought it, loved it. Let's talk about the plot. There's twins, Angela and Peter. Mm-hmm. They're with their father and his special friend. <laughs> Lenny. <laughs> and, you know, Mary Ann, with one of the counselors from the camp, Mary Ann wants to drive the boat. <laughs> Girls. Isn't that all it, it came down to in this movie? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And we, we have to say it was at Camp Arawak. Yes. Right, right. So... She takes the wheel, not paying attention. She actually rams the boat into theirs. Right. One of the twins die, and the father dies. Right. So the surviving twin goes to live with Aunt Martha, mm-hmm. played by um, uh, Desiree Gould. Okay, okay. I loved Aunt Martha. Dr. Martha Thomas and her son, Ricky. <laughs> oh, my God, she was such... A character. She, she was, was over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, over the top camp. Right. Uh, part of me wants to say, hmm, is, is that a drag queen? <laughs> she didn't have a very John Waters feel to her. Yes. Yes. I'm yes. like, now, granted, this is the first time I'm seeing this. So I'm like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so, you know, years later, her and Angela. Right. So it's eight years later, 1983. Yes. yes. Right. The surviving twin. And Ricky go to camp. Mm-hmm. Now Angela is very withdrawn. Right. You know she right. doesn't well, say much. She saw much. her brother killed in right. front of her, her sibling killed in front of her. And, right. Um, um, so she's very she, very introverted. Yes. Right. Right. But Ricky loves her. Yes. Ricky he will protect her. her. That's right. That's right. So they're at camp. You know she doesn't fit in. And then you know we have the head female counselor. Oh Meg. Yeah. Okay. M E G. Oh. Yeah. And then the bunk mate Judy. Oh, Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> Judy, who has every shirt with Judy on it. <laughs> if there had been a bedazzler, she'd have had a bedazzler. <laughs> you gotta love it. Yes, huh. yes. So Meg gives her what for, doesn't she? Oh, yes. They she, treat her so bad. So bad. No, yes. I'm sorry. I mean, I know girls could be catty with each other, mm-hmm. but Angela basically did not do anything to them. No, not at she all. She just didn't talk or say anything. Right, right. Angela's depressed. She doesn't. You can tell she doesn't want to be there. So Meg notices she hasn't eaten in days. So you know she gets the head counselor. Uh huh. Um, his name. The owner. Me. Not Mel? The owner. No. Um, well, let's just call him Mr. X. Mr. X. Okay. We'll, we'll call him Mr. Muscle. There you go. <laughs> so he takes her to the kitchen. Get Artie to fix fix her something yes, to eat. Yes. Yes. Right. Now Artie's we, such a good guy. He sat mm, right around to making her something to eat. Mm, Fortunately, Ricky comes in and saves her. That's right. Because that's, that's right. what that's what cousins do. They that's stick right. up for one another. They do. They do. But yeah. karma swings around as a big pot of boiling water. Yes. You know that pot, they had to have that pot specially made for that. Well, scene. it looked it. It was so huge. <laughs> they don't make pan, They don't make pots that big. Mm. So, Already you know, sized. It's boiling. It's boiling. Yeah. And you know he's in the kitchen by himself. And then what? What do you know? Next thing you see. Somebody's sneaking around. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, like, looking around, like, hmm, what can I use to kill him? And, you know, she could, the killer goes for, you know what, simple is best. That's right. <laughs> because the pan, the pot was so big, tall, he had to get on a chair uh-huh. to, like, put more so, salt in it. Right, right. So they grab the chair, and then they just pull. <laughs> now, at first, it gets stuck. 
Uh-huh. So he's leaning over this boiling pot of water. Right. And a fire underneath that. Yes. Yep, yep. So he's screaming, what are you doing? What are you doing? You little, when I get down from here, I'm going to kill you. Uh-huh. So, of course, the other hand comes out. And with both hands, they just pull. And there he goes down. Oh. I have Splash. To admit, uh. I didn't see who did the special effects for this, mm-hmm. but... The whole burn, the blisters. Yes. Oh my God, that was so well done. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't actually kill him at this point. No. Yeah, he ends up uh, having to go off, uh, I believe, in an ambulance, and, yes. and the, the owner Mel is like, "Oh, well, it, it must have been an incident, you know, an accident. <laughs> so I'll have to be more careful." <sighs> so of course, you know, there there are more killings because they, the camp won't leave Angela alone. Mm-hmm. That's right. So you know, you know, Kenny, who. Uh, was was making fun of Angela at one point. He right. ends up drowning. Oh, that scene know? when they tip the canoe over mm-hmm. and that, that snake just curls out of his mouth. Yep. I mean, again, another another accident at Mel's camp. Shh, shh. <laughs> Mel's all worried about them finding out, but you know. So the kill count continues. Mm-hmm. Is it Ricky and Angela go and watch a movie and then Paul. they leave? And then she gets, what, hit with water balloons, I believe? You're sort of right. Okay, okay. She does get a love interest uh-huh. in Paul, right. Ricky's friend. But, you know, boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. You know what they want. Yes, they do. Wow, she, wow, wow. He tries to kiss her, right? Exactly. Well, yeah. he does get a kiss. Okay. He gets two kisses at first. And that has a, a big effect on, on Angela. Right. Right. And, of course... Judy gets jealous. Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> but, but when she gets kissed, we see a flashback scene, right? Yeah. That's when, uh, that's not, when she... Not the first not, one. Not the first one, okay. Right. All right. So, of course, Judy gets jealous. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she doesn't like Angela, so what's the best way to hurt her? I know I'll go after Paul. So, um, at some point... Uh, they're at the beach and they fall to the ground like you know young teenagers are prone to do right. while they're playing paul is you know getting a little handsy <laughs> and all of a sudden that's when angela has the flashback ah okay all of a sudden she's like no and she runs off paul's like what right now keep keep in mind that murders are still going on right accidents Accidents, Mel says. Yes. Accidents. They're accidents. But we all know they're murders. Yeah, we know they're murders. And I think Mel at this point is starting to think. Right. Something's not right. Right. Maybe it has something to do with Ricky. Maybe. Because that mm. Ricky. Hmm. Yeah, he has a temper. So, more killings occur. Mm-hmm. Um, someone gets stung to death when they drop right. a hornet's nest or something yes. in the bathroom. Some kids get hashed to death. Yeah, yeah. Which the director, the writer, he said that's the one scene, the one kill that he regrets. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to show that. Yeah. And they didn't show anything. They showed the aftermath. But you know that, yeah, exactly. Right, but he said he regretted that. So, you know, more kids are getting killed. They go to Judy. Mm -hmm. You know, she finally gets her hand hooks into Paul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're in the woods, you know, playing tag football. When you grab the other person's yeah, tag. Yeah, black football. Right. They sneak off into the woods, and, you know, she comes across them. And I love this scene because they're kissing. Right. And all of a sudden, Angela just rises, rises up. up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when they notice her, and she runs off. Right. Now, if I had been Paul, I would have been like, hmm, I may be in danger. <laughs> I know Judy should have been thinking about it. Yes, but Judy only thinks about Judy. Right. So, you know, a few scenes later, Judy's in her cabin. Now, granted, unlike some of these other movies, this movie actually uses kids, young teenagers around that age. So, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, there's a certain line they're not going to cross. Judy's in the cabin in the dark doing her hair. Right. Because, you know, kids in the 80s, Girls especially had to have the big hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The higher the hair, so the closer to God. She has that curling iron. She's going at it. So, you know, somebody enters the cabin. And you can't see because it's dark. Right. And the figure's silhouetted. Comes in, walks up to her. Judy goes, oh, it's you. What do you want? 
boom, right, right in the jaw. Right in the she jaw. She had to have had a crystal jaw, a glass jaw, because she just went down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So the killer puts a pillow over her face. He takes the curling iron. Now, granted, I was a college student when I saw this. All I see is the shadow of the curling iron going down and yeah. then Judy screaming into the pillow. Oh. Now I'm thinking, well, where did they put that? Yeah. Did she do it down the, did you know? She, oh, my God. Yeah, did she do it down the mouth? Yeah. You yeah. know? No, you finally hit you. Not for years later. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I always figured she put it in her mouth. Much worse. Yes, and I'll, I'll have a story to tell about that too. Okay. So the next thing I see is a body just falling on the side of the bed uh-huh. on the bunk. Uh-huh. So earlier she had agreed to see go see Paul right. down by the lake. Meg. Now granted, Meg got knifed in the back. Yeah. When she went into another cabin uh, to take a shower. Okay. Okay. And that's when they think Ricky's the killer. When yes. they find Meg, it's like that's that Ricky. He's, right. Okay. Gotcha. So, and of course, during this, Mel, the owner of the camp, he, he thinks it's Ricky. So he comes across him in the woods and it's like, you did this to destroy me. And he just beats him to a pulp. Right. Doesn't kill him, no. but beats him. Paul and Angela are at the lake and Angela's like, let's go swimming. Uh-huh. And Paul's like, now? What about our clothes? Take them off. Angela, you little tart. <laughs> so then we go back. That's when they do the flashback. All the counselors now know that there's a killer. Right. So they're looking for, for them, Susie and Mr. Muscles. They are, they're actually the ones who come across Angela and Paul. Ronnie! Ronnie, that was his name? Yeah, yes. Ronnie. They come across them at the lake. And like, you're like, Angela, are you all right? And then, you know, all you see is her from the back. Uh-huh. You see Paul's head in her lap, in his body. You know, they're both naked. Yeah. And then the next thing you see is... Paul's head just rolling down the beach. Lord. And then the next scene you see is Angela standing up, and you you see she you, you see her big <laughs> knife in her hand. Her big knife and you know her her male attachment. Wait 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 what what? She's the killer. Yes. <sighs> Evidently, Aunt Martha mm-hmm. had been dressing her him as a boy. Since he got there. So Angela was really Peter? Yes. Oh, my God. Twist ending. <laughs> like I said, this was the original crying game. Yeah, yeah. And How can it be? <laughs> my God. She's, she's a, a boy. boy. <laughs> and like I said, they, they were kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she wasn't even 15. She may have been younger than that. Yeah, they looked very young. So, which is why I'm like, wait, what did I just see? And we have to give a shout out to, to Felicia Rose. Yes, for playing yes, this. yes. She played this character so perfect. Yes. You know, and just the, the ending, even though you see it when you see it today, it's like, how did they do that? <laughs> you know? I mean, talk about left field. Yes, I was not expecting that. No. You know, at that Who point. Who would at that point? In our at that lives? point, I'm like, okay, it has to be Angela. Uh huh. But I was like, whoa. It was Angela, but it's not Angela. It was it's actually Peter. Peter. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that's. <laughs> like I said, the original crying game. The original crying and, and this was all filmed on Summit Lake um, that had been formerly known as Camp Aliquin. Is that something like something that? Something like that. I want to say it was right. something Native American. Yeah, yeah. And uh, from what I understand, the 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 writer and director Robert Hitzig is that his name? Hitzig. Something like uh, that. Says that he had attended that camp yes. as a child, and that's yes. why he wanted to go back. Right. Um, so the movie took uh, about five weeks, starting in September of '82, and ending in October, and it had a budget of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> And you can't tell. And you can't tell. <laughs> but supposedly the story had uh, the, the 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 film had been storyboarded for the first day, but they were like, "Oh crap, we're <laughs> yeah because we're, of the baseball game." Yeah, so they ended up just throwing it out and trying to hit it and get it uh, through as quickly as they could, you know. Right. Um, now, while we're on the first one, this one thing I have to mention. Wait, the first one? How many were there? It all depends, but I'll hit that later. 
If you go to YouTube and you do a search on Judy the Short movie, uh-huh. Karen Fields, the right. character's name who played Judy, yeah. she actually put out a 15-minute short. No way. <laughs> Following up on Judy? Yes. Oh, my god. The movie doesn't make it clear if she died, right. if right. she lived, what actually happened to her. Uh-huh. And I might as well spoil it for you. You spoiled everything else. <laughs> You get a good sense of where she put that curling iron oh. because Judy can no longer have children. Oh, poor Judy. I mean, all she was was a complete and utter bitch to a girl who did nothing to her. Yes. So Judy, for some reason, because a um, social worker. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. She looked like she'd be the last person to want to deal with children. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, she actually avenges children who've been, you know... Um, oh, turn her life into something right. good. Right, right. You know, there's this deadbeat dad who won't pay his ex-wife child support. Uh-huh. So she goes after him and his new girlfriend. With a hot curling iron? Uh, oh, I forget at the moment. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen I'll it. I'll have to go and look back. But... You know, it's cheesy. It was. It looked like it was shot without uh, uh, like a handy cam. Yeah. Right? So oh, okay. cool. it's it's not high production value, uh-huh. but it's very entertaining. Wow, awesome. <laughs> so this is about the first movie. So I'm just gonna gloss over real quick okay. about the sequels. I really got into the whole watching the um, first one after seeing the second one because I like watching them back to back. Right. Right. Because now, the second was, and third ones are not uh, Felicia Rose. No. You know who that is. I do. But you please give us. Give that us. is Pamela Springsteen. Right. Bruce's little sister. Yes. That's right. The boss. Yes. Which is why I'm, I'm a fan because I love Bruce Springsteen. Uh-huh. Got to support his sister. That's right. What I like most about the movies is the fact, with well, the later ones, is that you know who the killer is from the right beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. Right. Basically, the stories are from her point of view. So just sit down, strap in, and watch what happens. Exactly. Watch the kill count. That's it. And then two, <laughs> and then three, and right. then four, right? Well, it all depends on what you're counting as four. That's true. That's true. There was an attempt to make a movie. Mm-hmm. I think they even made, did some footage, but they didn't finish it, so they spliced in some footage from the previous three. That was called... Uh, the Survivor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, there was an official, what I call an official movie, uh, Return to Sleepaway Camp. Right. Felicia wrote, she, you know, she reprises her role. Uh, okay, I haven't seen that one yet. She's in it, but she's not in it. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> if you, Well, like, spoiler alert, she's the cop. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's in disguise. <laughs> well, that's great. We're going to have to follow up and watch that one. Yes, I, I love that series. So there we go. Top five horror films that take place at camp. I tell you, we just need to roll those up into our sleeping bag. and Kind of makes me glad I never went to camp. <laughs> makes me think about my camp experiences all differently. <laughs> well, Gus, this has been a blast. It has I been. really enjoyed having you on, uh, on the show. Thank you and, for having uh, me. I got to figure out another one to do next. <laughs> Well, you know, maybe top five camp foods. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. But uh, again, I want to thank you. And uh, to our listeners, I want to say thanks again for tuning into this episode of Fave Five from Fans. Bye.